Good evening and welcome to the Online Warriors podcast. As always, we're back at you again. Uh, I'm Illegal86 and I'm joined by the lovely Nerd Bomber. Excited to be on the most podcastiest of podcasts. And Tactic One. Yo. So are we the most podcasty podcast that you've heard? That I've heard today in this hour. In this hour, okay. <laughs> I, I feel like we're pretty podcasty. Like, there's some podcasts that, like, the production values are so high that you're like, that's not a podcast. It's like, this is a or, radio show, not a podcast. Who are you trying yeah. to fool? Our, our production values are low enough where people are like, yeah, it's just a podcast. It's a casual, just sit back and let our voices wash over you for better or for worse. Um, we got a lot of stuff to talk about today. Uh, but first... Uh, off the top, Tactic One specifically wanted me to mention <laughs> that if you didn't vote today, make sure you do it next time you can. Did, did I get did I get that right? Good. Do your civic duty, folks. You're right, but not till the next election because by now it's probably too late. It is too late. I can guarantee you it's too late because we're recording this as basically as the polls close. Um, so yeah, you know, rock the vote and everything. When, when was rock the vote? Wasn't that like way back? I feel like it was. It was like an MTV thing, probably. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you would say today, but ju- I guess just vote. No need to beat around the bush. Um, we all voted. That that's that's where I'm going to leave it, I guess. We also did other things, uh, and that'll segue us cleanly into what are you up to Wednesday, Nerd Bomber? Take it away. Okay, so my What Are You Up To Wednesday this week is super exciting. I finally got around to playing Spider-Man, and I beat the game last night. And I basically, I played for, man, I think it only took me five days to beat, and that was with, like, adulting stuff thrown in, and it wasn't, like, five full days. And I have to say, it was probably the best game that I've played in a very long time. I'm pretty jealous. I, I, right, like, we've talked about this a little bit. I'm so, it only took you five days with adulting thrown in. So to be fair, the entire day of Sunday, I think we started playing video games. Like we have two different rooms. So I went into my little cave around 11 in the morning and I'm pretty sure that we played until 10 at night or something like that. And it was like, I ate and I went to the bathroom, but that was pretty much it. Wait, you you didn't go, you only went to the bathroom one time? No, I mean, I went to the bathroom multiple times. Like, I ate food, and I went to the bathroom, and those were the only breaks in that entire time. Jeez, I just wanted to make sure you you weren't doing any bodily harm to yourself. I was wearing diapers. Man, Man, that's revolutionary. So, for those listening, Spider-Man is so good, you'll have to wear diapers, because you won't want to get up and leave. It was. It really was. It was like the first time, though, where I've played a game and I've not wanted to stop playing. Probably I, in like ten years since Mass Effect. What a great feeling! I I I need to chase that because first of all, I haven't played video games in a while, and second of all, I can't remember the last time I played a game where that was the that was like the feeling surrounding it. It's kind of Sounds- sad. Like I don't know if it's the result of us getting older or if it's just like games not grabbing us like it, it they used to i'm not really sure i mean we had it we had a discussion about it in the past about how most games coming out these days are sequels so it's not a lot of original content so well i mean maybe that's why spider-man, Spider-Man isn't itself, either though like it was i mean it was a new game 
it was a new start to a franchise. I guess they're going to be making a sequel, they've hinted at. Um, but, like, the combat felt a lot like Batman Arkham. Um, the swinging, I mean, you've had swinging before in other Spider-Man games. But, like, it just, the story was really good, and I think what really captivated me was the characters. And, I mean, they could have really phoned it in. I mean, Spider-Man has been around for how long now? It's, like, a very fleshed out franchise these characters have existed like it's nothing new but I feel like Insomniac really went and they made sure that the characters had a lot of depth they felt genuine like it just was an authentic experience and you got to play as different characters which I felt lent some depth to the story because it wasn't just about Spider-Man like it wasn't just oh go beat some bad guys up like the entire city was being affected by what was happening in the game and it was just a really engaging story. This brings me back to when we we talked about this on the podcast, I think back probably during E3 time or something. Um, Insomniac is associated with the Arkham franchise, is it not? Or am I mistaken? No, Rocksteady did the Arkham franchise. What did Insomniac do? Insomniac name... has done... Um... Sounds so They're familiar. the eye with the like spear through it, right? No. I have no idea. That's never soft. Like. Oh. Um, Insomniac did Sunset Overdrive. Yes. Um, I want to say they did Ratchet and Clank. Maybe. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I'm 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 googling now. They've done a bunch of pretty good games. Like I know, like Insomniac has been synonymous with like quality games. I just can't off the top of my head think of what else they've worked on. Spyro, Ratchet and Clank, yeah. Resistance, which is another franchise that I've never. Oh, these are all franchises that I've never played, but all the all franchises that I know are like pretty kind good. Of a big deal, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, it looks amazing. It, you know, the last Spider-Man game that I played, and this is kind of a question that I have: How much Tobey Maguire can you expect? I'm guessing it's zero, but come on, pick me up a little bit here. Is there any Tobey Maguire in, in PS4 Spider-Man? I mean, not. Toby Maguire himself but I mean there was one kind of an easter egg where I was walking down the street and he started finger gunsing people kind of like emo Toby Maguire did and it, that was kind of funny that was a nice wow. little easter egg that warms my heart like you would not believe because <laughs> uh, the, the, I mean the last Spider-Man game that I played was for the GameCube which that was a while ago and uh, I think it was just the first Spider-Man like it was just called Spider-Man and it was from the it was licensed with the movie mm-hmm. and like it was so fun it was so hard i remember it being really hard uh i don't know how hard this one is but i just i sunk hours into that game and it wasn't even that good <laughs> so this is probably going to be a lot more um got my eye on this one buying wise but haven't haven't gotten around to it yet even though the nerd bomber has essentially implored me to to do so like i know i recommend so this is kind of like a thing in our friendship for you listeners i tend to recommend things to illegal and he's like oh yeah that sounds awesome and then he'll never watch read or play them so i'm thinking and hoping that this is one of the exceptions to that rule because there, because there i was going to say there are exceptions are they limited you could say that you could say that uh I, I, I do think that this will be an exception to the rule of me being a terrible friend. Um, 
and I think I will be playing this. It's really just a matter of when my adulting gets less adulty. I, I'm what you said, Tactic, kind of resonates with me a little bit. Like, are we just getting too adult, too adulted? Maybe. I mean, I, you know, that's something we could probably talk about for a lot longer. But are the walls closing in? All right, this is getting dark real fast. Yeah, I do, like I don't have any gray hairs yet, so like I feel like I'm still good. But I, I really do think, and this is a quick sum up of what I think the problem is, is that everything that comes out these days you've played before, just not the same story. You've played it in a different setting. You've played the same game mechanics. There haven't been a lot of truly rev- revolutionary games, and even a lot of the stories aren't that they don't grab you like it's there to facilitate you playing the game but it's not like a central focus and this why i think spider-man succeeded is because like spider-man has been a comic whose stories have driven everything else like the artwork has been there but the story itself is what drives people to connect with spider-man so i think with this game they couldn't shovel the story off to the side like it had to be a central focus and I know, like, no game can succeed on story alone, but I think implementing tried-and-true mechanics that are good, while not necessarily... I don't think they really improved or advanced them at all, but I think they just paired it with such a good story that you're just drawn in and everything complements each other so well that it just works. But there's not many games that pair really solid mechanics with a really good story it's usually one or the other and then you're you don't have that complete experience and it doesn't feel new and it just feels like you're playing to play if that makes sense sounds like this game needs the tactic test it does i i never finish games to completion because i get bored every single game i have ever played ever 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 very few games maybe like one or two oh like yeah probably like three games tops that I actually finished. Boy, we could not be more opposite on that one. I'm a perfectionist. I believe Nerd Bomber, you're also a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. I um, like to finish games. I'll, I don't really it, usually 100% them, but I like to at least finish the story. Prototype I, I, is one of the few that I finished. Well, lucky for you, it feels a lot like Prototype. Yeah, I've never, I don't think I've ever 100% in a game. I've tr- There are a few games where I've actively tried to 100% it, but most of those times I get to, like with Arkham, it was the Riddler trophies where mm-hmm. I was like, man, this is just not worth me beating my brains out just to get that stupid green. I mean, there's like 300 of those things. And that was like always the, in every Arkham game I played, that was the last thing that I had that like I hadn't totally done. Um, and I don't know if there's any mechanics like that in Spider-Man. It doesn't... I mean, I doubt you 100%ed it in five days. That would be extremely impressive. I can um, say... So, you, I actually wrote about this in detail. I'm working on a review for my my blog, the health or Diary of a Healthy Nerd. Um, shameless plug. Shout out. But one of the things that I did note was that there are a ton of collectible missions. Like, there, there's not even a bunch of side missions in the game. But there's a lot of collectible missions, like there's 55 backpacks throughout the city, which I did find all of those. Um, there's a bunch I'm of a like... Those. I love those things. Well, they each had like some kind of callback to something that happened in Spider-Man history, so I found that really cool. So I actually did those. But there's a bunch of like 
collectible things littered throughout the map that you have to find. And I was super gung-ho about them in the beginning, but then the story was so good at one point, like, I just, I stopped caring about that stuff because I just wanted to know what was happening next. And usually I am, like, I'm a sucker, I'll go through and I'll try to do everything, and I just didn't because the story was too compelling. See, that's interesting, because with Arkham, I mean, Arkham has a great story, and I, I don't want to, I guess I shouldn't keep comparing this to Arkham, but, like, Arkham, especially Arkham Knight, I almost found, especially towards the end, that it was the opposite of, like, all right, I don't really care too much about the main story, but I want to, like, there's there's so many fun little mini things you can go around and do that are just like, oh, I found this thing. I'll just, might as well just do it. And there's so many of those things peppered around in the city that, like, eventually I'd be like, all right, I got to focus and, like, do the main quest. I'm a big side quest guy. Um, but there's also, like, a level to which that's bad, which if you don't give me a direction in a game, man, you're going to lose me quick. I think that's what happened with Mass Effect. Story of my life. Yeah. Mass Effect was like, here's an entire galaxy. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know where to start, so... Boy. See, that... I feel like I don't remember Mass Effect being like that. The first one, at least. I feel like I beat the first one pretty quickly because I did a lot of just... The main mission kept me going. I don't remember there being a lot of side quests to that one. And then the second one, I remember getting really caught up in exploring every planet. Oh, Mass Effect is another game I finished. The first one only, the other mm -hmm. ones. I might, I might be due, uh, do, do a Mass Effect. How many times have I revisited Mass Effect? I feel like well, you actually, only tried it once. You gave the game back. It, yeah, I tried it, tw I think, twice. And then I gave the game back to you because I was like, I'm, I'm breaking her heart. I was going full heartbreaker. Um... So it sounds like Spider-Man's pretty cool. Sounds like it's worth however much it costs. So um, I'm glad you said that because I'm going to jump in on my What You Doing Wednesday. Please. And it's it's what's important about the fact that Nerd Bomber has been playing Spider-Man is every year Nerd Bomber and I go to Target because they do a buy two, get one free deal. So this year we got Spider-Man... Assassin's Creed Odyssey and we got a PSVR bundle pack. Uh, what is it called? War? It's Firewall Zero Hour and it comes with a aim controller. So I was way off on the title. <laughs> war would be a great name <laughs> for a video game. Just no. war. Yeah, if that hasn't come out, let's trademark that. So it was, it was a good deal for that one to be included in the bundle because the controller in itself is like 50 bucks and we Virtually got it all for free because of the other two games. Um, so you're playing Assassin's Creed then? I am. So That's a, another game that, like, I feel like you could get lost in there, man. Yeah, that is a has quite the open world. Um, but one thing I want to say about it that's that's a bit different than than Spider-Man, at least from from what I've seen, is that Spider-Man's level leveling up. What would you call this? Progression. Progression makes it so that you could only do the story and still level up proportionally to the difficulty of the of the progression. Whereas in Assassin's Creed Odyssey, I'm already like four levels behind the story, and it's becoming super difficult. 
Oh, so they like implicitly force you to do side quests to get your level up because otherwise you can't do it. Yeah, which is kind of frustrating for someone who can't who quickly loses focus on a game. Um, because I am really involved in the story and I'm I am really enjoying the game and I don't want to lose interest, but it's forcing me to do side quests like I had to for example, spoilers folks, I had to sleep with an old lady to get a little bit extra XP to be able to progress. Are we talking just like spooning or like No, I got an on. achievement for spending the night with someone. It's, it's Well, that's pretty vague. That could mean anything. No, no. It's it's not. <laughs> she goes on and on about her uninsatiable urges. It's weird, but got me experience. How old is this lady? It's alluded that she's very old and like her husband is like gray hair, bald. What kind of game is this? It's Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Is it this is the one where you run on the pyramids, right? Have you done that? No, that's Origins. This is the one where you're uh Spartan. Yeah. Roman oh, Emperor. No. You know, they come out with one of those games like every five minutes. So I have an awesome spoiler though. I mean not spoiler, but uh pro tip for that game. You might want to put your earmuffs on, Nerd Bomber. He's been trying to tell me this, so like the I'm really the excited is, about this. Project. We're gonna swap games when we're both done, and I really right. don't want to know. So, what a great system! Man. One of the progressions in that game is where you're ranked relative to other mercenaries in the game. So, when I was like a level six, I was ranked right around level fourteen in that for mercenaries, which seems kind of crazy. Because I'm so much weaker than them, why am I killing off these super strong mercenaries, right? Right. Well, the key, the the strongest attack in that game is to kick people off high things. <laughs> right. It's the strongest attack in real life, too. Yeah. So one of the first <laughs> things you you want to do in that game is to get the Spartan kick ability, and then punch someone, and then run away and climb a building. They'll be forced to then climb up the building to get you and then you just turn around and go spartan kick so it's literally just like it's a 300 kick where you just and then just they fly away pretty much it's like you're talking like ten thousand damage depending on how high you climb (laughs) is nerd bombers ear are her earmuffs actually on yes wow that's dedication you got a system you guys got a great system assassin's creed uh nerd bomber could take your earmuffs off now assassin's creed is another one of those games though where I played the first one, and the first one is like, basically, you're on this one story. There's really no side quests. It's like, here's your story. Uh, and then I get to Assassin's... I, I loved Assassin's Creed 1. And I get to Assassin's Creed 2, and they're like, here's a million things you can do. And I was like, bye. Like, I just... <laughs> I, I couldn't... I got to a certain point, and I was like, I, I get overwhelmed. I'm In terms of, like, side quests versus main quest and i'm very specific i feel like it has to be done the right way you know i'm all about progression but only if it keeps me moderately focused it's a weird balance all in all i do really like this game um they do have a lot of aspects it ranges from ship battles um to you can shoot arrows while you're riding on your horse you can fight hand-to-hand combat you have stealth you could you could they made it so that it's you can really you have a really diverse play character whereas in the first assassin's creed it was pretty much stealth kills are the only kills you want to do 
Whereas right. in this one, you have the opportunity to be kind of a hunter class or an assassin class or a soldier class. And I really enjoyed that because it really, in my opinion, changes the experience of the game. Right, and you can you can kind of play to your own strengths. Like I know in my case, every game I play where they're like, use stealth, I'm like, I'll try, but it's not going to go well. So like it would be kind of nice to be able to approach that genre or that that uh, franchise with like, okay, if you're not a good stealth guy, then be a soldier and just, you know, kick guys off of tall buildings. So me personally, I like to be relatable to the characters. So I made this character as similar to me as possible, which means I'm not really good at anything, but I can kind of do everything. Okay, so you're like an everyman. Yeah, I made him an average Joe. I did a little bit of from each tree. The average Frank. Yeah. Although, give yourself some credit, man. You're above average. Yeah, well, and when we're talking about average guy, we're talking about a, still a skilled assassin here, so. <laughs> I would say that if you had to become an assassin, I think you'd be pretty good. I think so, at too. Cer- at, at certain aspects. I think so, too, because when we went to the Renaissance Festival last year, I was weirdly good at throwing throwing knives. Like, weirdly good. This is good for me to know. Don't cross you. Yeah, he'll I mean, throw I, I, a, a knife right into your gul- gullet. Gut? I don't know where I was going head. from there. Throat. The, gullet, the gullet and the gut. Take your pick. Either way, it's not going to work out well for me. Um, my, my What Are You Doing Wednesday... Uh, boy... Let me put it this way. I didn't prepare. Didn't prepare. I haven't I haven't been doing a whole lot besides just working and voting. And I just went to the gym, which was kind of cool. Um I'm looking to sublease my apartment, which is like you would not believe how much headspace that takes up. I feel like that's gotta be super difficult. And stressful. You it's have to super stressful. You have to find Ugh. someone who you trust to not trash the place because it's still technically your lease. And pay you. Yeah. What if exactly. They decide not to pay you. And what what you know what? Let's talk about this for like two minutes. And this is gonna be a little bit of a rant, but have you guys ever used Facebook Marketplace? Yes. Yeah, it's not the it, best. It is a freaking jungle out there. And like it's 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 kind of the bleeding edge in terms of like subleasing. Like I've I've posted a listing in two places. Facebook Marketplace and Craigslist. And Craigslist, man, Craig needs to, I don't know. There's not much traffic on, on his list anymore. Um, I have not gotten a single response from my Craigslist listing. Everyone uses Facebook Marketplace now. Exactly. I mean, I've used Facebook Marketplace. I've bought things there. Uh, I even sold something there before this. But, like, when you're in the apartment subleasing game, it's a whole different different jungle are people still trying to haggle for sublease it's not that it's frankly none of my conversations have gotten that far yet so let me let me give you a quick synopsis of i posted my my listing i think last thursday um and i have talked to one two three four five six seven eight people um men women well yeah so this is actually very interesting there is, I, I believe, only one. One out of eight people was a man. The rest, all women. So apparently the, the photos I posted of my apartment had a very... Feminine uh, fem- vibe. Yeah, like a feminine 
kind of angle to them uh which you know i to, to me i see that as a compliment it's like i have a well-kept place that like a woman would want to live there um but there's a lot of people who a say i'm interested is this available and i say yes it is and then they don't say anything and then there's also another group of people um who are like hey i'm interested and then i share a bunch of messages and i they ask a bunch of questions i answer them and they're like this sounds great and then i'm like when are you looking to move in and they're like uh exactly the opposite of the time you're subleasing for even though it's written in the listing and essentially people can't read that's what i'm getting at here and it's very frustrating um so yeah i'm trying to sublease my apartment uh i've also been uh you know sunday i watched a lot of football uh my fantasy football teams are absolutely crushing it I'm, be- I'm beating both of you. I just want to publicize that again. This is true. I'm having a rough time with fantasy football lately. Had my best week ever this this uh, this past Sunday um, in the daily the daily fantasy. This past Sunday, I was playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I was not into it. I literally don't know how I did this past week. Uh, I couldn't tell you. I can't remember. I feel like you might have been like a middle of the road. I mean. So we started with 10 teams and there's two teams that just stopped. They just stopped setting their lineups. So they're like, here, you can have my $5. Um, I don't know where you fell amongst the eight people who are actually competing. But anyways, other than that, not a whole lot going on that I can think of. Just keeping on, keeping on. Let's talk about some news. Let's, let's talk about what's going on in the world of today. Besides voting, let's talk about aliens. First of all, how do you guys feel about aliens? Just generally. Foreign. <laughs> I don't know what. That, I, I don't know. It's, Is it supposed it's, to be a funny? There's a couple leaps there. There's there's illegal aliens, foreigners, foreign. And then that's how you get to the hilarious joke in my head. If you laughed at that joke, drop us a comment because... I want to see how many people laughed at that joke. Ugh. Anyway, so <laughs> with so I'm very torn on aliens. There's a part of me that looks up at the night sky and is like, yo, there's got to be something out there. And mm. then there's another part of me that is like, I don't really want to meet them if they are. Like, right. that just seems, if they can get here... That just seems like bad news bears for us. I am inclined to agree with that opinion. Like, I love thinking about the idea of life existing beyond our planet. But also, when I think about it, sometimes, like, I get sweaty. So here's the crazy part about it. Statistics say, based on all of the stars in the sky, and each with the assumption that each star is a solar system, that there is intelligent life out there. Or not intelligent. No, no, no. Let me rephrase that. It suggests that there is life-supporting plants, planets out there. Statistics the- also stay based on all of the right conditions that it is incredibly unlikely for it, there to be a human habitable planet out there. I don't know how those statistical models are formed. I believe you, but I have no idea how you do statistics on that it's, like, all, okay. it's known how many different galaxies there are and what our nearest solar systems are it's all known yeah. information 
Well, yeah, but like, is it also known like, how do you find out if a planet billions of light years away has the exact right conditions, which I believe are so, very specific to support life? Exactly. It's it's the distance from the star, right? Yeah. And, and it's relative to the thermal output of said star. It's also important the rotational speed of that planet. It's also so that couples with the distance from the star, but it's also important the size of the planet, right? Because that's going to give you your rotation, which is going to give you your day and night time. But what about water? Because I know that's hang on, important. Hang on, hang on. Oh, that that's that's why the distance is important, right? You're too close, it all evaporates. You're too far. Uh, it all freezes, and, and then that's why the the axis of rotation is also important because if it's straight up and down, then you have one side of the planet that's just completely frozen, and then the other part of the planet that's just completely thawed, and it's doing this freeze thaw cycle, which no one can handle, right? So, in other words, if you are looking up at the night sky thinking that maybe there's another planet way far out there that has another you on it, looking up and seeing our planet, chances of that are basically zero. Thanks for coming to our TED Talk. Well, what I'm saying is it's possible for there to be other life out there, for it to be life that can support the human race, or sorry, an ecosystem that can support the human race, eh, maybe not so likely. Let me change your mind. CNN is reporting. Uh, apparently, a mysterious cigar-shaped object spotted tumbling through our solar system last year may have been an alien spacecraft sent to investigate Earth. This is what astronomers from Harvard University have suggested. Now, this object was seen in October 2017, and it's called something that I can't pronounce, not because it's an alien word, but because it's a Hawaiian word, and I am not Hawaiian, but I'll try it right now. Uh, Oumuamua. <laughs> that was uh, a good, wait. a valiant effort. Thank you. It's spelled O-U-M-U-A-M-U-A. So what could this Hawaiian word mean? Uh, well, I'll tell you. Uh, it means a messenger that reaches out from the distant past. Now, that, I don't know how one word means all that. That sounds like loose Hawaiian to me. That's that's a Hawaiian course right there for you. But um, essentially, there's these guys at Harvard who are saying that it might have an artificial origin based on a number of things. Uh, it was traveling at almost 200,000 miles an hour. So if it was sent by someone, boy, that's pretty impressive. Um, so I don't know. Looking at a picture of this thing, I mean, granted, this isn't the actual picture. I think it's like a recreation, but it looks like it could be like a like a ship so or something. I think they took a bit, couple leaps in their assumptions to be able to get to aliens, in my opinion. So the velocity mm. in itself, right, might not be significant to it being something uh, created, right? Because what if no, a, I just thought that was cool? What if a star exploded and that's what gave its momentum? And there's very little friction in space, so energy is conserved. It just kept chugging away at that speed, right? Right. Um, and, and that said, with the the star exploding, sure, forming of most asteroids are going to be spherical in nature due to surface tension. But if it's an explosion, you might get a shard. So that mm. there's your cigar shape. 
again, I, I think it's a, a, a couple leaps that was taken. I If we can somehow capture it, which it's already left our solar system. There have been other things that have suggested that there's other life out there right, that are go. talked about. But it's not, it's not the cigar. This, I think the cigar, there was several leaps for them to say I'm not, aliens. I'm not even talking about the cigar anymore because I agree with all the points you made. I'm just saying that this article talks about, quote unquote, other mysteries in space that have previously been thought of as signs of extraterrestrial life. A flickering star, which to me just seems like a flickering star, but apparently it has a name. It flickers so much that they named it Tabby Star. Tabby. And uh, apparently people think that it's supposed to be communicating something by how it's flickering. Um, There's also a mysterious radio signal that at one point was discovered and people thought it was aliens and it was later determined to be coming from Earth. So I think that's pretty interesting. Um, I don't know. What scares me more than whether or not this was aliens is that like this was a very large interstellar object traveling at 200,000 miles an hour. What if this thing had just hit Earth? Yeah, just changed course ever so slightly. We'd be screwed. Like that's to me that's aliens are one thing, but things in space that I have no control over killing everyone that scares me a lot more. So Nerd Bomber and I were watching Shooting Stars and thinking that exact thought. I mean, all of these asteroids just fly right past, and they're they're close enough where they're visible. Its course just has to be altered ever so slightly. I mean, that's what wiped out the dinosaurs, and I can promise you, we're not ready to take on a, an asteroid. You don't think we have an Armageddon plan somewhere? I think we have an Armageddon plan, but I don't think it's to take on the asteroid. I think it's to put the 1% in bunkers. Mm. I'm inclined to agree with you, even though I I wish there was an Armageddon plan. We should talk about all these plans sometimes. The Armageddon plan, the zombie plan. There's got to be plans. We just don't know about them because we're not the 1%. <laughs> um, before we move on, Nerd Bomber, any closing thoughts? about aliens and Oumuamua. I mean, not really. I think it's really interesting. Um, the I guess this isn't on the topic, but I kind of spiraled into my own like little internal mind because Yeah, you were you were having a thought train over there. I like um Tactic was saying over the summer there was shooting stars. Um I forgot what meteor shower it was. A meteor shower. And we were sitting around the fire, and I was just, like, looking up into the sky, and it just got me thinking, like, how much I want to get into astronomy. And actually, this past week, I was looking at telescopes and stuff, and it's very interesting how much you can see and how detailed you can see these planetary bodies that seem so far away to the naked eye, but then, like... You can look through a telescope, and I know this isn't like mind-blowing revelations, but it's just very interesting to me that like you can look through a telescope and see like Arctic poles of other planets, and it's just oh, mind-blowing. Yeah. Space, man. Space is just... The rings of Saturn is pretty cool. And that's including the effect of light pollution. Mm-hmm. Like if you took a telescope and like took it to the top of a mountain somewhere, you'd probably be able to see the aliens. I mean, they're probably just out there waving at us. We probably <laughs> got to do is put a telescope on top of a mountain, and we can see them. Um, I agree, though. Space, man, it's it's wild. Um, 
whenever I see airplanes in the night sky, I pretend they're shooting stars. Because I could really use a wish right now. All right, B.O.B. Remember that song? Uh, let's talk about foldable phones. Uh, this has something to do by aliens. I know what you're thinking. Um, Samsung is apparently going to be uh, debuting a foldable phone design and interface tomorrow. And, you know, I wish we had video capabilities because if you could see this video of this person using the folding phone, it's. Have you guys seen this video? It's wild. I, I mean, have, yeah. They just, it, I mean, it's more of a tablet than a phone, but like they just take a tablet, fold it in half, and the whole time they're using it like a phone. So apparently, Samsung is looking to kind of debut this tomorrow, but it's not like a consumer level debut. It's more of like they're doing it at a developer keynote so that developers will know how the user interface works. They're going to be developing apps. Um, the article says that it's probably going to cost around $2,000, um, which I guess isn't surprising considering that you can literally fold it in half. But um, this is crazy. I mean, I feel like the mobile phone market hasn't really had a shakeup in... They've just been getting bigger, so I'm excited about this for multiple reasons. One, it looks like we're actually trending the way technology should trend. Make things smaller. Smaller, easier, more portable, awesome. Additionally, the folding aspect. Me, I go through otter boxes and cell phone cases. Like I've had several glass protectors break over the course of like six months. I go through them like yeah, I go through them like toilet paper. So much so where they don't even let like they charge me even though I have the warranty, which is frustrating. But whatever. What are you doing with your phone? Throwing it. Um. Anyway. (laughs) But so, in my opinion, the fact of folding it is going to protect the glass because it's now going to have the hard exterior on the on all outsides right after you fold it. So I'm really excited for such a phone because I am. The biggest klutz I know. Alternatively, it almost makes it easier to break. So you tend to break your phone when it's in your pocket because you use tools and stuff and then you're like working outside and you bash it against something. Hit your pocket with a hammer, you know. But for me, my when I break my phone the most is when I'm using it and randomly like my hands just stop working and it drops. And so I feel like a folding phone will make it really difficult to have a phone case on it that's super hardcore and protective. Like currently the OtterBox that I have on my iPhone is like this super, it's a triple layer, super industrial OtterBox so that every time that I drop my phone, I've never had an issue. But now with this folding phone, I'm not going to be able to have something quite that robust and I'm going to be like typing one day and it's just going to fall out of my hands and that's it. I disagree with that statement wholeheartedly. I mean, well, I I have to take Nerd Bomber's side on this one. I mean, if first of all, to respond to a couple of things you said, Tactic, um, it doesn't look smaller. If anything, it looks like it's bigger. the The video that I see is like, okay, you're using a tablet. Oh wait, no, you fold it in half, and now it's kind of the size of a phone. So like. If anything, it'll be the same size when it's in your pocket, and then you'll take it out and you'll unfold it, and it'll be freaking huge. And second of all, it looks like the the way it's being folded is, this, and I disagree with this, uh, but it looks like it's being folded so that there's glass just 
the entire outside is the glass. So you're not folding the glass in, you're folding it the other way, so it's all glass. That's not that's not the actual really release. That's what they think it's going to be. I suppose. Um I wouldn't be surprised if it looked like this. Though, so I, I'm not going to speculate that. I'm speculating on what I think it should look like. Well, I feel like mm. the reason why that they're they are speculating that it'll be that way is because there's so much screen. Well, that and that. Okay, so think then about it. And you can use it in fold mode. Yeah, when you're yeah. in a meeting and you're like trying to text under the table, could you imagine if you had to unfold this giant thing? Like, it's not right. discreet. If I had it my way, it would be like my. Like the normal, let's say, Galaxy S9, where it folds along the vertical axis, so it's like a little sliver, and I can slide it in my little pocket. Why is your pocket I, so little? I don't know. I think what we're going to eventually fold, we're going to eventually going to fold back in on ourselves and just go back to flip phones. It's just a matter oh, of time. So satisfying to hang up on people with those. Yeah, Honestly, I think they. I think that we're going to have flip phones, but then when you open it up, there's like a projector thing. No, I think that... Not in like the near future, I think like eventually. The future of phones is going to be where you roll it up, put it in your pocket. I think both of those are pretty likely. They are working on that uh, flexible... um, That's what I'm saying. That's the future. Flexible membranes on TVs and Mm. things like that is what the next gen of technology is. But like OtterBox headquarters right now... It must be chaos. I mean, how do you... Again, I'm just looking at this repeating GIF of the phone folding. And, like, how do you make a case for that that's as robust, like you said, as the current cases? So, arguably, um, Samsung has already sent the prints to uh, OtterBox to, to design the case, right? Because why would you have a phone released why without all the production? That? So arguably, in my opinion, so when I had my iPhone, when every time I get a new iPhone, I feel like I have to go a week without ample protection because at release, there's still like a week or so before the otter boxes have really started rolling in. Like if you get it on that day. So you're just going to Samsung's not going to, Samsung's not going to tell them. Samsung's going to make their own case and say, buy our case. They're not going to go say, hey, otter box, make us a case. I mean... I'm just not that I beat the heck out of my phone either, but like I can't imagine how you're gonna put a case on this thing. Um, plus, plus, this is also just a developer release, so like they're probably not at the point of like, all right, let's make cases for this thing. They're probably like, all right, let's get people to start developing apps for this thing, or get feedback so they can figure out if they should can the whole project. Uh, yeah, that I mean that's entirely possible. Um. I like to think of it as a beta release. I I think it's, I mean, I can't imagine the next time, like I've had the iPhone 6 for, it's got to be three years now, I think. Um, and like, I can't imagine, all the phones that have come out since then, I've been like big freaking whoop. It's just an iPhone with like either a slightly bigger screen or like a slightly nicer screen or it's, it's all big who cares. Um, the next time I buy a phone is pr- unless my iPhone six just dies, which hopefully doesn't happen. The next time I will buy a phone is when something like this happens, where it's like a huge game changer. And I think the mobile phone industry is due for that. 
Well, what's crazy yeah. is, too, they kind of shot themselves in the foot because there used to be all of the deals where every time there was a new phone iteration, be it Samsung or Apple, um, you could trade in your phone and you would more or less get the new version for free. So then basically every cycle you would be upgrading your phone and then you'd have to buy like the new chargers, you'd have to buy the new dongles, you'd have to buy all of this mm -hmm. new stuff for your new phone. Well, they stopped doing that. And so I stopped upgrading my phone. I'm not going to do it, like, upgrade my phone every year if you're not going to give me the next one for a significant price reduction. Because they're, how expensive are they now? It's insane. They're right? ridiculous. They're, like, they're literally, like, $1,000, I think. I can buy average. a computer for that. It still, it blows my mind that we pay so much money for phones when you can literally buy a Chromebook that does so much more for, like, $200. But you can't carry a Chromebook in your pocket. You can't, but I mean... If you could fold your Chromebook, you can't. It's just, well, a Chromebook does fold. Just not enough times. The phones are getting bigger. The Chromebooks are getting smaller. Like, they're not that different anymore. Well, plus, like... And I've heard this number before, and I'll Google it really quick. How much does it make to... How much does it cost to actually manufacture an iPhone? It's definitely not as much I as thought it was charging. like $300. I thought it was like thirty bucks or something. But no, let me, it's not let me, that low. Let me, let me take a gander here. The sixteen gig iPhone six costs Apple two hundred dollars and ten cents, which means they make roughly five hundred dollars per iPhone. That's not a very recent figure. Told you it was like three hundred dollars. Um, iPhone seven two hundred twenty four dollars and eighty cents. So yeah, it looks like it's floating in like the two hundred something area. Um, which means what the hell? Where's that other six hundred, eight hundred dollars? What are they doing with that? Into the pockets of the Apple people. The Apple people. The Apple people. <laughs> those 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 scary guys. Um, I I guess keep an eye out for the new foldable phone. It it, it might be the next big thing. Samsung's developer conference is on November 7th at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Although I feel like it's not like, I don't think we can just like watch it. So I don't really know why I'm telling you when it is. Just the article says that. Um, the, the last piece of news that I feel like we need to talk about is, did you guys hear about what happened at BlizzCon? I heard, I haven't really looked into it, but I did hear that there was a lot of displeasure about a game that's basically a skin, quote-unquote, of another game. Yeah, so basically, uh, Activision has, or I can't remember if it's Activision or Blizzard. I'm not a Blizzard guy. I don't play Warcraft. I don't play any of those games. Um, but they have this franchise called Diablo, which is like, it's it has these diehard fans. It's been out, it came out in like the 90s, and the third one came out in 2012, and it's been fairly successful. And people are just thirsting for Diablo 4. Um, it's like this huge deal. They have a very rabid fan base. And BlizzCon was this past week, I believe. This past weekend, maybe? And Blizzard was kind of hyping up, like, there's going to be a Diablo announcement. There's going to be a Diablo announcement. And so everyone was getting really excited. And then <laughs> Blizzard did this thing where they were like, hey, remember, you know how you were thinking, like, we're going to talk about Diablo 4? No, we're just going to announce a mobile game called Diablo Immortal, which, like you said, is basically just a skin of a Chinese game. And also, it's a mobile game, which uh, 
mobile games kind of have a reputation, rightfully so, for being money grabs. And uh, I, I, I mean, I don't know a whole lot of the specifics, but I watched uh, a number of videos of the whoever the poor soul was at Blizzard who had to like announce it. And he's literally getting booed during Q and A's, and like people are really mad about it. Activision stock has taken a significant drop since BlizzCon. Um, it just it's it seems kind of like an EA move. So, my one comment to that is they knew damn right that they were hyping people up for the for Diablo Four, and they just released that. They were trying to get asses in the seats, probably. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then they thought, all right, well, they'll be happy with this mobile game, question mark. There are some people who think that they actually had a Diablo 4 announcement planned, but for some reason they pulled it ahead of the conference. Um, either way, there's a lot of people that are upset with Blizzard right now. And, Those are the um, same people that think cigars are aliens. Uh, I, I I couldn't speak to that. Um, I can imagine that if I was a Diablo fan, I'd probably be pretty upset. I mean, so the way I seems... see these type of things is whenever there's going or there's rumored to be an announcement of a big game at a convention like that, I and they they don't actually make the announcement. I feel like it's almost a good thing because they're not confident in where the game is at at the moment. And I would rather mm. see the game at its actual full potential when they're confident that this is what's going to be released, everything is working smoothly, we're not getting your hopes up for something that'll be delayed for two, three, four years, looking at you, Kingdom Hearts. So that- you're, you're being optimistic on the side of it. You're saying, okay, they are developing a Diablo 4, but they're just taking some a little bit more time. Well, I mean, that happened with Beyond Good and Evil 2. Um, that was teased for years like people speculated that the game was in development and nobody knew for sure and the game is still far away but they've waited until they actually had something substantial to show i would rather not see a stupid 10 second teaser trailer and then have someone hype me up and not see the game for like five years i yeah, would rather say, see something substantial they say summer 2035 yeah like <laughs> i don't know I, th- I mean, I think what people were more upset about is that they were like, there's going to be, Blizzard was like, there's going to be a Diablo announcement at BlizzCon, and people were like, is it going to be Diablo 4? And they're like, wink, wink, maybe. And then it wasn't. Um, like, I, I totally get what you're saying about, like, if you don't have anything substantial, if the game's not ready to be shared yet, then don't share it. But it, yeah. I mean, well, I mean they the- very well could have planned on it, but if something... Like, say something catastrophic might have happened right before they, like, when they were planning the presentation and then the development team rushes in and is like, oh, no, you can't show that. We found a big bug. Like, we don't think we're going to be able to fix that. Don't show that. Like, Yeah, and it sounds like it might have been that sort of thing. It sounds like they were on the fence about doing some sort of reveal and then they couldn't do it. Um, But the backlash has been extreme. I, I don't remember what the exact numbers were, but the trailer on YouTube... First of all, it was re-uploaded a number of times by Blizzard because they wanted to try and take down the ones that were getting all of the flack, but they just kept re-uploading it, and then it kept getting like 100 to 1 dislike to like ratios, and they'd take it down, put up another one, the same thing would happen. Um, they were deleting comments on, on the video announcements too. Like they were, just, they were basically like in full damage control mode, and 
whatever their motivation was for making the choice that they did, their, their PR response was, was not a good look. Um, I don't know. I just, I feel like there's a lot of, I mean, the battlefront thing, it, like there, there's just, there have been a few instances of this um, recently where game developers have just been like, we're going to, we're going to just crap all over the people that are buying these games because we know they're still going to buy them. See, I think it's a very interesting time for video games. And this is a whole topic that could be talked about on a different day. But we had just talked about um, the hour issue, the labor hour issue um, with Rockstar and Red Dead Redemption. And so as gamers, it's this weird, delicate balance between wanting something and then like you also have to realize that the people working on this game are just that they're people. Yeah, you have to well, you have to be willing to wait for it. It's definitely a, a big thing, um, and some people simply aren't. I mean, another thing we talked about when we talked about Red Dead Two is that like the amount of money in this is insane. It, it's arguably the most lucrative entertainment industry, uh, lucrative like field in the entertainment industry. So there's a lot of money in it, but there's also a lot of people that are working very very hard. Um, and it's probably very easy to lose sight of that. Um, so yeah, if you're a Diablo fan, let us know how, how you upset feel? you are. Because you're probably upset. <laughs> uh, and I don't think any of us really play Diablo, so we're a little bit in the dark. I just thought it was something we should we should bring up. Let's move off of the news and into our weekly game. Now... I wanted to do something that was kind of like United States civic duty themed for the quiz today. Um, it didn't work out that way. And and I'll, I'll explain to you my process. Uh, I went on a little website called Sporkle and I went to the United States category. All, all quizzes that are tagged United States. And I was like, which of these would be fun as like kind of prices right style games, like the games we've been playing in the past. Um, and the answer was not very many of them, but one of the top rated quizzes I thought would be pretty fun. We're gonna talk about the most common US surnames. Most common last names in the United States. Uh, I have in front of me the top 20 last names in the United States. We're gonna do this the same way we've done the past few games. Uh, you're trying to get the most popular one, and you get the number of points for your answer. Uh, we'll go a few guesses, and whoever has the fewest points at the end wins the game. Um, All right, who gets to go first, though? Who gets to go first? I'm a is... I'm a gentleman. Tactic right. is a gentleman. He will defer, and that means the nerd bomber is first. I am going to take the obvious number one answer and say Smith. Smith is number one to the surprise of nobody. So, Air Bomber is on the board, doing very well so far. We'll take it over to Tactic. Let's, for right now, let's say five guesses apiece, and we'll see where that takes us. Johnson. Johnson is number two. You guys are... This is maybe the best game we've done so far in terms of you guys uh, having low scores. I will say, though, that those were probably the two most obvious so now i think it's going to get a little bit more interesting also if you get something that's not on the list i'm going to give you 21 points just like how we always do it okay i'm gonna go with jones 
Jones is number five. So far, so good. No one's gotten a twenty-one yet, or even. Right, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a rough one. This is, this is a little more. Uh, this is only your second guess. Why are you already going to rough ones? It's a little more cultural. We'll call it O'Brien. Okay. <laughs> oh, there, there's our first twenty-one. O'Brien is not on the list. Really? Look at there's a lot of <laughs> Irish people. Really, really. All right, I'm going to go with. Brown. Brown is number four. Look Second, at you're me. Getting, you're getting Nine, absolutely four, shellacked. Five. Oof, it's gonna oof. it's gonna take quite the turnaround. Stop! You're gonna need that number three, man. That's that's I should also note that this is a sporkle quiz, so my sources, as always, who knows how accurate they are. But, I mean, they all seem pretty reasonable to me. He's sweating over here, stripping down his brow. He's really, really worried about that. His palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy. Mom's spaghetti. Okay. I mean, if you if you don't have any options, you could just try to go with your last name and hope for the best. No. How let's, common let's do you think not, your last let's name Let's not is? put that on the air. That's true. Everyone knows his first name, so they would know his full name. I didn't think about that. This sucks. I have a name stuck in my head, and it's not a last name. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that must be horrible for you. Man, this is... This... Rough. He's really he's Christ? really digging deep. <laughs> Did you just say Christ? <laughs> no. He said price. Price. Alright, that's another twenty one. Oh man. Hectic one, you are you are just not doing great at this game. Okay. I'm gonna go with something ethnic, maybe give him a shot if it's on the list. Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald, how many Irish people do you guys think are in this country? Fitz, Fitzgerald is not on the list. St. Patrick's Day is a really big holiday in the United States. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, but you know what else is? Christmas. And Christ is not on here. <laughs> I'm just going to throw that out there. Say that right away. So you guys don't guess it, because I'm worried Technic might guess it. Damn, that was my next one. Man, this could be a long game. Brown... Yeah, he's, he's got to dig deep. Johnson. Smith, Johnson, Brown, and Jones are the answers that you guys have gotten that are that are on here. You've gotten you've gotten what twenty percent of the total names on here. There's a there's a lot more to be had. I wish I could help you, honestly. I'd like him to get like one more. You know? I'd like him to get one that's on the list. I'm rooting for him. I mean, is it going to happen at this point? I'm actually not even sure that it's possible for you to win at this point. I don't think it is. Unless we go to more guesses, but at the rate this is going, I don't think that's a good idea. You just got to pick one, man. Just spray and pray, Come man. Come on. Um. Oh, his, his lips are moving. I can see him <laughs> trying to voice out different names. He doesn't know what to do. 
Uh, Can we skip him? Like, no, I got one. 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 Okay, go ahead. I got one. Martinez. You... <laughs> Martinez is number eleven. Look at he's you go. On, he's on the board. That was incredible. <laughs> that was a testament okay. to work ethic. Go uh, I'm gonna follow that up with Lopez. Damn it. Lopez is not here. Oh man. Okay. So there's your second twenty one. Uh yeah, Tectic, you still can't win. How can not? Uh, I had two twenty ones and she had two twenty ones. Yeah, Nerd Bomber has two twenty ones, but she also has one five and four and you have two and eleven. I'm not a I'm not a calculus major, but you, you can't win. Why? I have one less guess than she does, so I should be about tied. Unless I make this guess. I mean, she's already... I'm saying she's already done, and her score is lower than you. So you Wait, cannot... Wait, so this is my possibly... last guess? Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, this is your last guess. Oh, so I'm going to go all in, then. Yeah, we're running out of time, so I'm not going to give you any more guesses. Uh, as much as I'd love to sit Let's here go and listen, listen to your brain work, Butler is not <laughs> on here. It's another 21. <laughs> Another swing and a miss for Tactic. So Nerd I was Bomber thinking takes Gerard it. Butler. He's got to have a big family. <laughs> you're you're thinking that Gerard Butler's family makes up a significant <laughs> portion of the population, enough so that it's on this list. Yeah, I hate to break it to you, but his family's not that big. Um, so okay, what was number so I, three. Let me run down this list for you. So number one was Smith. Number two is Johnson. Number three was Williams. Williams. Mm. I know so many Williams. Williams. Uh, number four was Brown. Number five, Jones. Number six, Miller. Number seven, wow. Davis. Now, you I know, I know people with Irish all names. of those names. Again, what's your what's your question? I said I know people with all of those names. I'm sure you do because they're very common. Um, now, you guys uh, mentioned that you wanted to go like quote unquote ethnic, and you went. Irish, and that was not the right choice. Uh, you did figure out eventually that you should have gone Hispanic because number eight is Garcia, number nine is Rodriguez, uh, number ten is Wilson, eleven you got that was Martinez. Martinez. Then we have Anderson, uh, this uh, Taylor, Thomas, Hernandez, Moore, Martin, Jackson, Thompson, and White. White, that's a common one. All. Extremely gettable. <laughs> just want to throw that out there. Last names uh, are hard, man. There's so many of them out there in the world. I bet that Butler was number twenty-one. Butler. I've heard heard Gerard Butler has a big family. Um, let me let me look that up really quick. Butler, if he has any kids, because I feel like we need to know that now. Uh. I would have to dig pretty far, I think. And by pretty far, I mean I have to go on Wikipedia. Uh, blah, 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 personal life. He, since 2011, Butler has divided his time between Los Angeles and Glasgow. He has reportedly expressed an interest in buying a Scottish castle. See, because his family is so big. <laughs> There's no mention <laughs> anywhere of children. Uh... Man, yeah. I don't think he has any kids, man. I'm not even sure if he's married. doesn't seem like he is. Yeah, because he's producing all these bastard children. Wow. Uh, I think he's probably just busy, like, being famous. Um, Geostorm. And probably, like, 
marrying well no not marrying but like dating supermodels and other actresses and stuff um anyways this has been another episode of the online warriors podcast thank you all for doing your civic duty and uh in listening to this podcast it's very um, important and we're glad that you fulfilled your honorable duty and voted we're just one of the many cogs in uh, the democratic machine in this country. And we're a critical one at that. So we appreciate you listening in. And we'll see you guys next week. Next two weeks. Whenever we do this. I don't remember. Okay, bye. Bye.